Welcome to Catholic America. Today our topic is going to be on what would it look like in America for Roe versus Wade to be overturned. We're going to talk about the reason why abortion is so prevalent in America, some of the fears that people have at the prospect of Roe versus Wade being overturned, and what our response should be as Catholic Christians. This is a very serious subject, and it's not one that's just for Catholics, but it's for anyone. So we invite you, if you're Catholic or not, to please come in and join us. Welcome to Catholic in America. We're talking today about the prospect of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I'm Father Michael Nixon. I'm joined by Father Doug Martin and Father Tom Dillon. It's uh, so good for you guys to join us and, and uh, awesome to be having this conversation with you all. Um, obviously a very controversial one. People have very strong opinions on this. And hopefully as, as we have this discussion, we can, we can take seriously those who disagree with us. So if you do disagree with us, please, please watch to the end. And uh, hopefully uh, it's, it's gonna be a, a good and fruitful conversation. So maybe kind of just start recognizing that abortion is very prevalent in our country. It's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a procedure that really received federal recognition of, of the, the right to abortion in Roe versus Wade back in 1973. And has, you know, so that's federally, uh, recognize now the possibility of the Supreme Court um, overturning that decision and making it kind of go back to the states. So, but it is something that is prevalent and maybe we can get into some of the, the, the whys behind it. Why, why is this something that is happening so often and that people are so passionate about? I, I mean, I think one of the reasons why that it, it, it is prevalent in our society is because sex is prevalent in our society. And so, and, and not just inside of marriage, but outside of it as well, and, and with multiple partners. And so anytime that happens and someone has a pregnancy with, maybe with someone that they would not see themselves marrying, but someone that they just, you know, they had a, a relationship with or a, or a relation with, that it might not be, you know, they, they wouldn't want to have a child with that person. They wouldn't want to keep um, a, a child with that person. And so, you know, that, that's one of the reasons. Also, too, just recognizing that that having a baby is is costly, is 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 not just costly as far as money. It's costly as, as far as as time and effort and 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 uh, the the mother who gives birth to the baby, her own, her own body. Um, that you know, so so it's it's something that that costs a lot. That's painful. That's difficult. Um, and that you know, rec a lot of people see abortion as the solution to that, as 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 one of the solutions to that. And so wanting to maintain the legality of abortion is to maintain in the sense that people have an option or they have a choice going back to you know the, the term that's used a lot is, is having a choice within this you know and it changes I mean, it changes your life I and mean, that's one thing that when when you have a child like when you have a couple's having a, a child man they get told a thousand times this is going to change your life especially when it's the first one so you mm -hmm. can imagine being single and it being you know maybe, maybe it's happening inside marriage too and they're, they're not ready for it either but but just how bringing another human in the world changes everything about your life brings on a, a particular responsibility for this person uh, no matter you know no matter how that takes well and then you also take into account all the many ways in which a, how a person can become pregnant because in certain cases you have people in the hookup culture who unintentionally get pregnant through a one-night stand or through a casual relationship where they never intended to get pregnant but they're engaging in sexual activity 
Uh, you also have cases of people who are were not uh, married or different uh, other situations where people just not ready right now and the pregnancy was unplanned, unexpected, and therefore they're trying to find a solution to their problems, whether it be financial problems or emotionally, they're just not ready right now, stress, anxiety, all the reasons that can impact why a person makes that decision. You also have the extreme examples of how people get pregnant, which is in cases of violence. So you have cases of rape, um, you have cases of molestation and then incest within the families, um, which is where even again, a lot of uh, modern conservative people are just wanna leave open that doorway for, okay, well in cases of rape or in case of incest, like these were not the natural way, these were acts of violence or acts of perversion, and therefore these persons should not be unduly burdened with having to carry this life for nine months. They've already been hurt by They've already this been hurt, act of yes. violence. Already so, been hurt. so there's, yeah, I mean, yeah. all the wide ways in which people can get pregnant. Obviously you find areas of the world, of the, of the world today where, I mean, there's um, some, some evidence and reportings of places around the world where people, um, especially in military conflicts, for like the cases of, uh, of assault and rape in times of, of all the different ways in which this happens. And so people are like, it's not fair for people to have to carry these lives. Yeah. They should have an option. They were not given an option. This is one way in which they, they can at least be given back some measure of control and control over their life, which was stripped from them and taken unduly and unjustly. Yeah, and, you know, and timing uh, as well. I mean, you know, a teenager getting pregnant, maybe a mom who's got uh, several or, or, you know, five, six, maybe seven kids trying to economically afford that. Maybe it's, you know, um, psychologically, psychologically, someone later in their career, not to mention if the child, if, you know, there's already perceived uh, defects, you know, medically, they can tell those sorts of things. So there's lots of reasons. Recognizing too some of the fears, particularly as as the possibility, and again, whatever this, we're not deciding what the Supreme Court decides here, and um, and this isn't a law, this isn't a law <laughs> show, so 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 how that works, but with the prospect of Roe versus Wade, that kind of foundational. Um, decision being overturned and then and, uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood versus Casey as well, which kind of further uh, uh, cemented the federally regulated right of, of, of to, to an abortion, um, that those getting overturned, the fears that come up. And so I think recognizing yeah. the, the, those fears, um, reactions, this reaction, a, a big fear that a lot of women have and a lot of women have, have voiced of, of someone else making decisions for them, making medical decisions for them, for their own body, um, you know, you know the reason why it's a slogan is because a lot of people feel this: my body, my choice. You know, so, so being able to to say that in a sense that the fear that's happening here is that that's that that ability to choose is going to be removed from them, which, the, is, which is, is is a terrifying reality to have yeah. have have that kind of, kind of prospect uh, put out there. And it, it may just be the beginning. I mean, I think that's part of the fear too: is is if they're willing to do this, how much further they're willing to go mm-hmm. with uh, my body. You know how much you're going to invade my body, and how much you're going to tell me what I'm going to do with my body. And so I, I do think you know that's part of the fear as well. Well, and there's also the fear of this feeding into more, um, whether it be perception or not, um, but feeding into more inequalities. Of, mm-hmm. of there's this question of inequality. If I no longer have control over my decisions and my future and my life then this places, again, women, on a kind of a cultural level, this places women once more under the thumb or under the d- dominion of men. Mm. And so like this, this perception that, okay, inequalities 
are going to now be, it's going to be like a domino effect of that, well, with this one, get it overturned, this one, we get overturned, this one. Uh, a lot of people are afraid that with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, um, if that if it does happen, that what's next on the chopping block? Is it going to be artificial contraception? Yeah. Is it going to be uh, all the different laws which will be placed in- Elective in surgeries. A, yeah, elective yeah. surgeries, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in vitro fertilization. Like, what's, what about all these other processes? Like, where our choices are now being restricted and told that we can't do these things? Not to mention that some of these laws aren't very specific just yet. And so some of the laws that are being written is is that these women can be prosecuted if they have uh, what's called a a spontaneous abortion when when the the child dies dies naturally inside the mother for whatever reason. That that there's some of these laws that may not protect that because there could be a suspicion that maybe they forced it to happen. And so women are like, you know, how far, or or people are like, how far is this going to go? And just the fact that very prevalent fear, concern, accusation, however you want to put it, that this is going to result in the prosecution of mm-hmm. women in desperate circumstances who have had abortions or are seeking an abortion um, in a sense that now the full force of the law is going to be going to, to prosecute uh, and to persecute them as well. Um, that, that's definitely something that, that, that's coming up a lot. I think, too, just getting back into the, like, kind of the inequality aspect, people recognizing that abortions are prevalent um, in, in many uh, uh, lower-income neighborhoods, prevalent yeah. in areas that are afflicted by poverty, definitely in, in uh, minority communities as well. This is something that is, there's a high percentage. And so that this, in a sense, could be said to be directly targeting those women and those families yeah. and keeping them from being able to uh, to make progress, to be able to lift themselves out of poverty. This is something that mm-hmm. is, is, is um, I, I definitely hear this a lot from people saying this abortion is what's helping women to step out of poverty, step out of difficult circumstances, step out of, out of under the thumb of abusive men or abusive systems um, to become more, uh, you know, have their own agency and be able to make their own decisions. And uh, so that, that's something that, that is definitely uh, a, a fear and anxiety and a stress that a lot of people have. But another part of this is also the fact that Roe versus Wade was, at least in terms of the legal language, was about privacy laws. And I actually was talking to somebody the other day who was actually uh, pro-life and was against abortion, um, but was concerned with the privacy laws because there's other pieces of our society and other laws that are based upon privacy. And so if you, res- if you take away the privacy language with how the uh, reverse way was um, promulgated, then that's going to have a ripple effect. Like how does that affect um, how drugs are transported across yeah. state lines? How does this do all the ways in which uh, medical services are available across the board, as well as when you restrict certain medical procedures and medical rights, the danger of people therefore having an onerous burden, like mm-hmm. the people who are having to travel two or three states away, because if, if abortion becomes legal, illegal in a particular state, it will still be legal throughout the rest of America or in other states in America, but it's going to place this undue burden, this owner's burden, which will then, is this going to also then create back alley abortions where women's health is even further in danger because when they want to get an abortion, they don't have ready access to it. Then they have to go to these back alley abortions where one, it's illegal, but two, like their own, their own, that was the whole thing with like the Bill Clinton era is safe and rare. Yeah. Like access to safe, rare abortions. Safe, legal, and rare. Safe, legal, and rare. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so yeah. but is this going to mean that now more women are going to die 
having to try to uh, get these procedures, which... Well, I mean, what happens in the case of a cesarean if you, if you lose the child? What happens in the case if you have a midwife who's there servicing the mother? I mean, there's all these different cases that come up. I mean, I know a lot of the groups that are for these natural birthing and natural family uh, birthing um, opportunities that, that are actually against overturning Roe versus Wade, even though they're not, they would not consider themselves for abortion necessarily, simply because of the privacy and, and the sanctity of the, of the woman's body and not make a decision yeah. for them. I think also too, just one of the, the things that is is just kind of the blanket that you should not have an opinion on this, and, and we being three men that, that, that oh, are yeah. here, three Catholic priests yeah. who are men. One of us is married and is a father, but the other two, other two, the other two are celibate <laughs> men. Get ready for the tweets. That, that you, it's coming. You should not. You should not. You cannot have an opinion on this. Yeah. Um, because you're not a woman. Because you you, you know you, yeah. you uh, aren't giving. You're not the one impacted by this. Right. That, that that's definitely something that that is is very strongly felt and 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 articulated mm-hmm. and. Um, and I think too, you know, going back to like kind of the snowball of this. If this, if this is this is sort of the the the, the this isn't the end, um, you right. know, of 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 the argument. But right. if this is overturned, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, what what what's next there? And how far will uh, the religious right or the political right or the um, abusive men of America Association, whatever it is, you know, you know, to go in order to uh, to uh, take away rights from women um, for making their own personal decisions? So recognizing that, recognize this is this is fraught, and this touches on on all areas of, of sexuality and gender and relationships and politics and medical decisions and privacy and all, all sorts of stuff. I, I think we're, we're going to maybe begin to discuss too is what is our own response as Catholics to this, to the uh, the multi-layered uh, reality of abortion, to women who have had abortions and, and families that have been impacted by it, women in crisis pregnancies, mm-hmm. but also how are we called to respond? If 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 tomorrow Roe versus Wade is overturned, what does that mean for us and, and what we're called to do? So we're going to take a quick break, um, but uh, stick with us as we continue to discuss this very important and timely topic. Hey guys, thanks for checking out Catholic in America. I'm Father Michael Nixon, and I like to party. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Father Tom Dillon, uh, priest here in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. I think I have the longest hair in probably the state, and uh, I too like to party, I like whiskey and cigars. Father Doug Martin, I'm also a priest here in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, and I'm married and roll tide. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> I was okay with the being married part. Yeah. Real tie thing. <laughs> in Catholic in America, we engage the intersection between faith and culture. Tune in every week because no topic is out of bounds. We want to thank you so much for supporting this show by watching it, by liking, sharing, and subscribing. How else can they support the show? You can also become a patron on Patreon and support us financially. So if you support us, there's all kinds of swag. There's t-shirts, there's coffee mugs, or maybe bumper stickers. I don't know, maybe we could come up with a wig from Father Tom. <laughs> Father Tom wig would go, go a long way. So thanks for your support. God bless y'all and check us out next time on Catholic in America.
Welcome back to Catholic in America. Please like, share, or subscribe. So uh, we talked in the first segment. Again, this is a serious topic. It's, 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 it's painful. Uh, for those who disagree with us, thank you so much for, for watching because that, that really um, shows that you're, you're open to dialogue, and we hopefully are too, that we're trying to seriously engage with the struggles that people have, the, the legitimate fears that they have as well. But we want to talk a little bit about what we believe as Catholics, about abortion, but also too about the other issues that this impacts, about women in crisis pregnancies and areas of poverty, women who have, have experienced their agency being taken from them, and, uh, and what we are called to do and how we're called to, uh, to impact the society as Catholics, as followers of Jesus. So maybe just laying this out there, kind of some of those fundamental things we talked about, um, about sex or about unwanted pregnancies, um, what are some of the things that I think would be important for us to maintain and, and highlight as, as Catholics? Well, I think that there's a common objection that we hear. I mean, we've all heard it. Um, and anyone who's involved in this conversation has heard this a lot, which is that, okay, well, you're concerned with the beginnings of life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're concerned yeah. with protecting the beginnings of life because part of our Catholic faith believes that what is within the womb of, the, of every female who conceives is a life. Now, how do we define that life? Obviously, there's a lot of philosophies and things like that. From our Catholic perspective, our philosophy is that the very first stage of human development is the embryonic stage. And so what is within the, wom- the woman's womb who has conceived life within her body is a life, is a life force, is a life, is, and there's a distinctive individual there. Um, but as, as we probably all heard, like, well, the question is like, well, why are you so concerned with taking care of life at this stage of life, mm-hmm. what about when it's born and now this child is born into an abusive family or into an impoverished family or into a single parent or a no parent family? Like what about the rest of that life? And I think that's also a really important, it's a valid criticism, mm-hmm. but it's also really important that the Catholic perspective is that we have a duty to take care of life at all stages mm. from beginning, Conception from conception to natural death. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we do have to take care of the child. And we do have to ensure that the child, as well as actually not just the child, but the parents and all the extended people who are affected by the birth of every individual. Like people are affected by childbirth. And that's, it's not just the child. It's also the mother. It's also the father. And so we have a responsibility as Catholics to protect life, again, through childhood all the way through adulthood. It's also why as Catholics, we stand for life at all the stages. It's also why we stand against things like euthanasia, which says that Mm -hmm. people have uh, less value or that that they should um, commit suicide at the very end of their lives because they should be given that choice and option. And we say, no, there's value to every to life at every single stage. Mm. Yes. And that we are called, now, do, does everyone live that out perfectly? No. And do you obviously find people who are just like more concerned with, with making sure the child is born? Like that's where the Catholic position is that we have to take care of our brother. That mm-hmm. every single person who is conceived is conceived through the actions of God and that we have a responsibility to take care of our brothers and sisters and that we value life at every single stage. Yeah, I've seen a, a meme that's been passed around for several years now. Of, um, it's a cartoon meme of a mom who's pregnant, and there's a group of people around her that are saying, you know, just have the baby, you know, we'll, you know, and, and, and really trying to encourage her to have the baby. And then once the baby has come out and she's holding the baby, that same group of people around her calling her a freeloader, uh, telling her that she's, you know, she's mm. a rotten mom, she's a single mom, uh, those sorts of things. And so, 
whether that's that's true or not, that's definitely the perception. And we all know that, you know, with perception, lots of times that that's the perceived reality as well. And so yeah. I think that's where some some folks are coming from. And I think it's easy for us to say as a Catholic church that we do support women afterwards. We we do, you know, have services and things, you know, ways that we try to support them, but but never to say that we think we're doing enough, you know, that's mm. that what we're doing is sufficient, maybe. Maybe we're doing the most that we can do as a church, maybe not, but but we think that we're trying to, and that that you know that may not be sufficient. So there there may be something else that's required. There may be something more um, that that needs to be done for for mothers and for uh, for them to to encourage them to have children. And, yeah. and I think that that's also where some of the the argument turns. That's where some of the conversations turn and, and can be. Well, it can look a lot like this meme. Well, I, th- I think too that that. One of the things, particularly when we're talking about what the Catholic Church teaches about or how we're called to respond as Catholics, and we'll get we'll get in more mm-hmm. some more of the concrete responses, the right. possibility of overturning Roe versus Wade. What every single, hopefully every single person who's watching this will do, no matter where you're at on the political spectrum. But unfortunately, it's it's basically is this a conservative or a liberal uh, yeah. thing, uh, or or is this a product, you know, a, a, not Protestant, but yeah. a Republican or or, or Democrat. Uh, so in a sense, it like to say that the Catholic position is one of these, but but um, so well, that another another so then the policy kind of becomes the uh, of do you have do you have a welfare policy in place or not, right? Or, or do you, are you in favor of abortion rights or not, right? Instead of saying okay, how how are we in favor of the person, the mother, and the child, and all the Absolutely. people that are involved? And I think the other the other difficulty with the conversation is because there's a perceived uh, dichotomy between well, this is a faith question versus this is a secular question. Absolutely. So it's like people who say and try to restrict uh, abortion rights or perceived abortion rights, and they say, well, you're imposing your faith, and there's a separation of faith, of your faith from our secular culture. I'd say most of the discussions I've seen have been that way. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like faith and culture, your moral beliefs should not impact the lived out experience in life of another person who might not share your faith. And Mm -hmm. so therefore, this is a question of faith and people of faith trying to impose their religious beliefs upon people who might not share the same faith. And therefore, is it a violation of uh, freedom of religion and freedom for, or freedom from religion, depending on how you Mm -hmm. understand. Yeah, Uh, yeah. so is is this the church coming in doing that? Um, I think that, the, no, I think that that- Putting a theocracy. Yeah, is, are we creating a theocracy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think obviously that that's a, a false, false to me because there's also many people who do not have faith. I know of atheists who stand Absolutely. against um, abortion and mm-hmm. who stand against and say that we need to limit this or eliminate it entirely. So it's not just a, a faith question, but there is that perceived uh, people who are impressing and trying to force faith or morality upon people who don't agree with it. Yeah, and and uh, this gets into as well, I think, just as Catholics, as followers of Jesus, what we believe, what we profess and teach about women in unplanned or crisis pregnancies, women who have had abortions, um, women who have, have chosen this for themselves or for their families, whether they regret it or they don't regret it, that's really coming back to that those women are, are loved by God, yeah. and that all of us are sinners, all of us need the mercy of God, and uh, that, I think that that's always important to say that no matter what what their experience is, 
where they've been, that God still loves them, the church still loves them. We're made up of sinners as well. Uh, we're, we're the biggest sinners. I'm definitely the biggest sinner I know, and I know you guys probably are too, you know? No, I agree. And, and, uh, and, and, yeah, <laughs> that you agree that I am. Um, and, uh, and, and really, no matter uh, where you've been, what you've experienced, that, uh, that, that the beauty of our faith is not some sort of moral perfection that we hold, hold over others, but that, that God is, is merciful and loving and wants to bring healing there, and I think I think that that's that's maybe the message that that we could do an even better job of conveying and, and preaching and living as well. Do we live that kind of mercy for people who have have made this decision and have had an abortion, or is it you know how can I get the law you know to to punish that person, right. um, well, which I, I think is 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 a, is a tendency that all of us can fall into. Right, right, and and, and not you know I mean, it's very difficult to come across as caring and not patronizing when you're actually uncaring and <laughs> patronizing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's sometimes the the view of, of people who, who I mean, I think that's sometimes where we are coming from. And I say we because, I, you know, of my own, you know, my own belief about abortion. And um, But but that sometimes we don't come across the right way and, and that we have to, to really take that in con- into consideration and understand that that's part of the rejection of what we're what we're trying to say as well, and that we have to be true to the gospel, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that it's not just uh, you know at the beginning we're only we're not just worried about the mother having a baby and then all right you're on your own do what you got to do and and if you don't you're a deadbeat or a free letter. But that mm-hmm. we it, like you said that that we see that person as having the intrinsic value that they have deemed by God and that that we love them in the way mm-hmm. that God would love them. Not in the way I would love them necessarily because I'm imperfect, but with the way that God would love them, that, that Jesus would love. Well, I think that also what causes a lot of problems with this issue and also a lot of uh, unnecessary um, schism and division between people of, of different uh, perspectives and different uh, beliefs on this. But even people, and then, then kind of going and jumping off what you were saying, like going back to Corinthians, I believe it is, it says, love is patient, love is kind, and like that description of love, but there's also there that one little key phrase in Corinthians where it says, "Love is not rude." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the like I can be right in what I'm saying, but I can do it completely insensitive because that's what that's what rudeness is. When you're a rude person, you do things which are insensitive. You don't mm-hmm. take into account. That's why packaging actually does matter. Yeah. Like yeah. how you say things. It's not just enough that you say something which is true, which is like from a Catholic position, like abortion is evil, it is a wrong, it is an ill. But you also have to say it in a way in which the other person is able to receive it. And that's where you have to take into account sensitivity. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude. Mm-hmm. And, but there's been a lot of people, and this is a valid criticism of the pro-life movement at times, is that you have people who call themselves pro-life, but they yell and scream yeah. at people who are in very difficult situations and they say the truth, but they do it in a completely callous and insensitive way. No, and empathy. that's not yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Like love is patient, love is kind, and kindness is to give people the truth and, and to will the good of the other person, but it's also not rude. Right. And so like there's been a lot of, there's a lot of hostility and a lot of ways in which people have hurt people unnecessarily by smacking them over with the, with the I call it the giant yeah. club of truth. And like, right. God, Jesus doesn't go after people with clubs. Nah. Mm. Like he, he, he's the master of He goes after leaders. He goes after the swords with a sword which cuts two ways. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so, so I'm saying yeah. like in that, there's also yeah. people who have been driven away yeah. mm-hmm. from the exact... And, and if that, again, if that's one of our, our listeners or viewers today, we, we repent on their behalf and, and, and recognize that we're all imperfect. Now, now think about the, the in, as Catholics, 
the legality of this? Because in a sense, sometimes it gets reduced to, okay, if we only we, we overturn Roe versus yeah. Wade, because as Catholics, we believe that a, a human person has, um, has inherent dignity and rights uh, from the moment of conception to the moment of death, they need to be protected, and the law needs to protect them. So in a sense, this is a law that has opened up the uh, Roe versus Wade as a decision from the Supreme Court that has opened up the possibility of of taking those lives before they're, before they're born, um, intentionally through you know, surgical and chemical abortions. Um, so in a sense, it's like, okay, well, we need to change this law. Now it's a possibility of this law being changed. Uh, so then it can kind of be like, all right, you know, uh, we're done. But, but I think yeah. maybe, maybe one of the things too, we can kind of, I'd love to hear y'all's, y'all's thoughts on that. One of the things I've been thinking is that in our country, we're, we're very, uh, we have a lot of legal positivism, where something, if something is legal, then it is good. You know, so mm-hmm. so like you know, so which is one of the reasons a lot of times where people you know there's been people pushing for certain things to be legalized in our country because right. in a sense it gives a stamp of approval that this is now good. So yeah. th- we've definitely seen that within a, abortion. It, it was legalized, you know, kind of a, a uh, it was it was you know uh, in 1973 that it was legalized or, or at least you know the uh, federally federally recognized uh, right to this under the the right to privacy that that kind of then became within the language, within the way it was approached, sort of, you know, that like, yeah, this is this is a good thing because it's now legal. So, but I'm not sure other aspects yeah. of the legality of this that we as Catholics um, need to maybe look at or-, or, or Well, yeah, I, I think that especially as Catholics, we have to realize like from our stance, and this is not a, from our position as Catholics, this is not a faith question. It is a social justice question, mm. right? And because we do believe in social justice, and that we not the way that it's sometimes used in the world colloquially by certain movements, but we do believe that we are called to uh, protect the rights of all people, and that we actually, as a society, that every single person, regardless of faith, has a right to protect the innocent, and that's the purpose of society itself is to protect the, to protect people, as well as to foster life. Mm. And so these are the two primary ends of society is to protect the rights of their citizens, the rights of all, all people, as well as to foster a community where people can live in peace. So when you look at that, like this is not a question so much from the Catholic position of faith, and I was imposing our faith upon other people. This is about the very understanding of what society is. And so within this question, like you have a question of social justice, it's like people are being, if this is a human person, then this person is being killed unjustly. Mm-hmm. And this, this falls in the same category of like slavery in the United States for us. Like this is a question of like, slavery was also at one time legal, and actually interesting, the Supreme Court decided to overthrow the Dred Scott decision that they had made prior, and then they decided later this was a terrible law, and they decided to overthrow Dred Scott, um, because it was a social, social justice question. And so from the similar sense, like from the Catholic position, this, this is a social justice question, this is not as imposing our faith, and so within that, like this is a hugely important, but it's also mm. when you look at the overturning of Roe versus Wade, if that indeed happens, um, that's not going to eliminate abortion in America. It's not. All that that's gonna do is kick it down to the lower courts and it's gonna kick it down to individual states. Individual states will be able to restrict or they'll be able to open the door. There's even states right now who are talking about putting into their state constitutions, protecting the fundamental right to abortion. And uh, versus other mm. states, there's I believe 15 to 25 states who yeah. have immediate laws in place to totally restrict or to eliminate abortion. So abortion is not disappearing from America because as Catholics, we have to convince people to change their minds. And that's, that's it. The yeah. assumption yeah. is is that, that, that if this is overturned, 
that all of a sudden the battle's won and, and uh, there's no. no problem anymore, or that you know finally those people will get what they deserve, or, you know if, if you have an abortion, um, and that this is going to kind of settle the issue when in fact this is like you said, not only is it, is it kicking it down the road, you still have to deal with this as an issue because of the unsafeness of it if it's not in a in a hospital, if it's not in a clinic. Um, and so it becomes, you know, again, it's 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 not over. That 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 doesn't mean that it's that it's gone away. And so now, in in some ways, you create maybe not more issues, but you create different issues, or you accentuate the issues that are already there from someone not having an abortion because you're going to have so many more who aren't able to. And then also, you're making it unsafe for for people or, or the opportunity that it's not going to be safe for them. So, right. so without a change of heart. And I think that's where you were going with this. Without a change of heart, I mean, that's really where where we should be going as Catholics. Well, and I would, I would, you know, sometimes I've I've experienced people kind of saying, well, the law, it doesn't matter what the law is because we need to change the hearts. And it's like I think it's always the both end. I think this is. this is an unjust law. Right. You know, it was, you know, again, the legality of it. I think it's a terrible, you know, precedent that was set. Um, it's led to the, the direct intentional killing of millions of children, the wounding of, of millions of, of mothers and families. Um, we're we're going to experience you know, the pain of that. In a sense, overturning that is essential. Yep. But what that does open up, first of all, is the healing that needs to happen, because healing does need to happen for all those who've been impacted by abortion or all those who will be impacted, or all those who are, are, you know, will have abortions even when it's illegal, um, that, that there's healing that needs to happen there, outreach, mercy, compassion, understanding, um, walking with them. But also, too, that, that what hasn't been happening is there hasn't been a debate. And mm-hmm. we as Catholics, I think this, this is something that, that we have a, a great tradition of within the Catholic, tradi- within the Catholic Church that doesn't really happen in, in our, our modern American context, is actually saying, let's, let's look at all the facts of, the, of this yeah. issue. Let's look at the facts. You know, 1973, how much more have we learned about embryology? How much more have we learned about the development well, and that's of- Well, that's of, what some of, of the Supreme Court of, justices were actually were talking about. Yes, yeah, so much mm-hmm. has happened. We now do you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, surgeries in the womb. We now do like complex, amazing things things that we can know so much about the base. We have 4D, uh, 4D ultrasounds. Science, yeah. And since none of that information has come into the public, it's all right. been like just the slogans. And so to get past the slogans of like, you know, you want to control women's bodies or, you know, you know, you know, every, you know, basically, like every life is is precious. In a sense, it's become sort of like a slogan. But to say, like, if we if we believe what we say we believe about the inherent dignity of 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 humanity, which is an American value, we have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In a sense, if one of those is impinging on the others, then it needs to be debated, needs to be looked at. Which is what happened with within slavery. People were using well, this pursuit of happiness. We need to, to have this working class of people who work for free, and, and in a sense, you know, yeah. looking at their life and their liberty and their pursuit of happiness. So the same thing in every other layer of society where difficult conversations need to happen and where they don't happen, that's that's where unfortunately we get into vitriol, we get into hatred and violence. And it's, it's yeah, it, we're never gonna be free of emotions in, no. in this. And uh, but, it, but to be able to have some actual, okay, what is the actual truths and facts of this? And will I allow my mind to be changed? And this should be true for us as well. Can I have my mind be changed when facts are presented to me? Um, and will, will that shift my position? Hopefully every person is actually willing to do that. I've, I have a feeling though a lot of people aren't. And I, maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't have, have the actual debates. Yeah, well, and, and, but without dealing with the issues that come from 
um, abortion not being a, a right and the issues, you know, again, that come from that, from a mom having the child. If we don't deal with those, and that's what you're asking to do, is to have a difficult conversation about not just abortion and, and all the scientific knowledge that we have and framing that, but also what happens when we're asking you know, uh, potential mothers to have these children, whatever is going to happen after that next. If we're not talking about those things, then again, it's not, it's not, it's not solving the problem. It's creating issues that down the line we have to talk about these things as well. And that's exactly why people view this as maybe a, a potential problem to have this overturned. Now, I mean, we wouldn't in that sense, in the sense of that just because there's going to be some other issues that need to be talked about, that doesn't mean this should happen. But I've, I've, I've had people tell me that we just don't know what we're doing. This could be worse for the, the pro-life movement itself just simply because it's going to expose some of that uncaring nature that, that some people, or at least people are deemed to you know, have. I'm, I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. if, it, if it exposes problems Same. in the pro-life movement, or if it exposes problems and hypocrisies within ourselves, then I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I think it's also though, I think it is problematic, and going back to comparing this to one of the last times that you had a Supreme Court who overthrew a decision, which was the Dred Scott, I think there was, yeah. there's been a couple other cases, but it's very rare that the Supreme Court goes back and undoes something which they've done. They don't like doing it. Right. Um, but if you go back to that, it, the same questions that were surrounding slavery were the same reasons why slavery continued for Correct. such a long period of time. Because they're like, well, how are we gonna solve these all these different domino problems? Mm -hmm. And so there was the a lot- The downstream effect the down of making, Yeah, they were like, there's all, there's right. gonna be, and that was a big, huge thing, because you had a lot of people in the South who were not pro-slavery, necessarily, but they did recognize the economic, the social, yeah. all these different problems. They're just like, we're just gonna not deal with this issue and then like you have grave social injustice which continued to happen. And the same thing is true, just because there's gonna be problems, because one thing which I've heard, which, yeah, I mean, I understand where, where people are coming from, they're like, well, if we had 66 million people, how would we be able to take care of them and feed them? Like if we had, like think about that, we've had over 66 million abortions in America alone, not counting the rest of the world. Right. Like if we had one seventh of the population, which means that one in seven people are not here today. Dude, because our, of our population, we're about 350 to 400 million people. If you put another 66 million people plus mm -hmm. on top of that, like then people are like, well, if we had all these people, think of like the poverty, think of all the problems that we'd have, think about all these mouths we'd have to feed. Think of like, we're already having problems with poverty and things like that. We add on another seventh, seventh of the population, like look at all these problems that are, and look yep. at all these, but that's, that's, that's the same, it's the same thing of slavery. It's like, how are we gonna solve this economically? The question is, we're going to have a rotting of our society if we don't solve this grave social mm -hmm. injustice. Yeah. And if we are just concerned with predicting the future and prophesying right. for the future and trying to predict, and we're only going to get overturn this grave evil when we have solutions to all the problems that spawn. And right. that's, but that's also, that's not the solution. Mm. I, and I agree that like, if you overturn Roe versus Wade, it's gonna cause a lot of problems. It is. It's gonna cause, but those problems we can, as a society, we, if we band together, if we unite, we are capable of overcoming every single one of those problems. It's gonna take creativity, it's gonna take innovation, it's gonna take changing, sacrifice, changing, sacrifice mm. per, changes of perspective, but we can overcome as a society every single one of those problems. We won't be able to overcome those problems if we never deal with the fundamental issue. Right, which again, that, that first right, and this is according to you know, American principles and, and, and values, is life. And so we never solve problems 
you know, down, downstream right. problems by upstream saying someone's life doesn't matter. In a That's sense, right. that, that gets back to, and this is something I think that, that not just Catholics, but every person would say, there's something wrong with the strong exerting their dominance over the weak. For the sake, for the sake of the society, for the sake of the greater good, or anything else, to say that this person, because they're small, because they're weak, they can be dominated, they can be used. So, in a sense, recognizing too, that this, is, this is this is a right. It is a rights question, mm-hmm. and the, the right of, of of every single person, especially those who don't have a voice, those who are easily exploited. Um, and this is for the unborn. This is for the the elderly, the, right. the disabled, the minority. Those, the, uh, you know, every single person. Yeah. Uh, 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 we need to recognize that, and we and we as a society. Becoming more just, the more that we are actively, in a sense, working against our own self-interest of, of the strong, the powerful, the wealthy, yeah. towards up, uplifting and defending the rights of those who who have no voice. So what, uh, what we're going to do is is we're going to dive into now because again, is is a heavy topic. A lot of things that have come up is. What are some of the, the things that we should be focusing on as a society, as Catholics in society, Catholics in America, um, or followers of Jesus, or those who, um, if, if uh, Roe versus Wade is overturned, if abortion um, uh, laws that support abortion or abortion rights are, are rescinded in, in many different states, what should, should our, our response be? So maybe just take a couple of things that we should be thinking about that might be outside of your political, you know, political affiliation. So, sure. so but as, as, as followers of Jesus, and I think one of the, one of the main ones is, is recognizing, and, and I'm gonna say this, I don't think that we should be forwarding laws that prosecute women who, who, who have sought abortions. I think that, right. needs, that needs to be made clear. That needs to be, because be, um, as, as soon as that happens, in a sense, then, then we're, we're pushing ourselves to a place that is, is unsustainable and, and becomes kind of a law that can't really be enforced um, with any sort of, of equality. So, so some people might disagree with me there, but I, I think as far as our faith goes, say, like, how do we help those women and uh, to, uh, to, to choose life, but also to, to, to be supported within that. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, I mean, well, to a certain extent, we're gonna have to define their terms a lot better than what they've been defined. Right now, you're right, they're just slogans. They're just things that we're saying, pro-life, you know, anti-abortion. Um, but, but to actually define what that abortion is and how it affects the, the mother itself. So, so de- defining that if a mom does lose a child that they're not gonna be prosecuted and put on trial to see if they actually had an abortion or whether this was something that naturally happened, mm-hmm. that we're not gonna come into that trauma and try and create more trauma. I, I think that's gonna be a very important thing that we do respect some of the privacy that, that, is, that should be there when, when it comes to um, how these well, how how mothers lose children, whether it's yeah. through abortion or and not, and the pain that that that's the pain that causes, yeah. and recognizing as well that medical providers, just like any other aspect, that they 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 have to be held to a standard, and they have to if, if they're violating that by participating right. in abortions, right. um, that in a sense that 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 there's there's legal ramifications for that, and I think that's that's and just that's where the legality that's where the legality yeah. Ne- yeah. needs to be addressed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what other areas within society or, or things should we be Working towards again, you know, this is whether this gets overturned or not. Roe versus Wade that we as Catholics should be supporting and and and. Well, I think I think that one up. one way that we can be that we can support and truly be pro life is also in in cases like this. Let's assume that Roe versus Wade is overturned. Um, being gracious mm. and being gracious to people who we might disagree with, and being respectful of the various uh, different ways in which they also view things differently. So there, mm-hmm. I don't have to agree with a person, and I strongly disagree 
um, with the pro-choice um, movement. But there's a way of graciously encountering people and being gracious with people where you're not, like one, one way, which is again, I, the danger which I see with reverse of weight is like the pro-life movement uh, gloating. Yeah. <laughs> like gloating and glorifying in this, in this great victory. And it will be a great victory for the pro-life movement if this happens. But still, there's a way of graciously, and going back even back to like um, comparison in the Civil War, one of the reasons why, especially like uh, Ulysses S. Grant, was able to create a modicum of peace after the Civil War between uh, Lee's because Grant, when he encountered Lee, the Southern soldiers who had been fighting on the cause of slavery were very um, worried that they were gonna be treated poorly. Mm -hmm. And Grant, Ulysses Grant, um, who was commander of the army at that time, was very gracious in the way in which he dealt with his defeated enemy. And we're not, and that's what also recognizing we've not, we've not, the pro-life movement, if we overturn reverse, we have not won, mm -hmm. but two, the way in which we encounter people who we deal with, who have a different perspective, um, this is like, you have to be gracious, you have to be respectful, you also have to recognize the nuance and the difficulty of what's going on. So that's where like encountering people and not like screaming and yelling or just saying, I'm right, you're wrong, or mm -hmm. you're going to hell, or all these different ways in which we've seen obviously people be very, very cruel mm -hmm. um, is one way, it's, it's like recognizing, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance to this. There is a black and white. There's, this is a question of justice, but there's also a lot of way in the manner in which we deal with people is the way in which we are going to either heal and help the culture heal, or it's gonna be a way in which we're gonna be sticking our finger into an open wound. And maybe creating a, a bigger and rift. And creating a, creating a yeah. bigger rift, yeah. exactly. I, I think some ways as well is, is there is there is some legalities. I mean, there are, there are some things legally that, that probably need to be done, such as supporting the mother. If she, you know, we're, we're hoping if she's in a state where she does choose to have the child where it's not, where she can get it, uh, an abortion, um, and supporting the moms when they have it, because there's lots of moms that do not feel supported. Lots of times their family turns on them, throws them out of the house, or they're in a situation where they're already not living at home or they don't have a close family tie. In other words, they don't have a support system. Mm. And so there's some sort of support system that has to be created, whether yeah. it's whether it's you know through new laws or those sorts of things. I'm not smart enough to say that or to, or to come up with those things. But th th there has to be some support. And we can see that in, in insurance. We can see that in time off for mothers. We can see that in uh, the way mothers are treated. And sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes reason why women have have abortions when they're professionals is, is because it hurts them when they're away. Yeah. They're, they're not given the a promotion. They're, they're treated differently. They're maybe even let go. They're not, they don't receive the same compensation because they're going to be away. So there's all these kind of things that would kind of lend itself to them not doing it and, and to enact laws possibly, or at least to try and begin to protect moms so they're not being punished for doing this. Right. And there's lots of moms who's in situations where they're trying to decide, am I going to have this child or not? Where they feel punished after they have the after they've had that child. So maybe with the first child they don't have an abortion, but with the next one they might, simply because of how they were treated afterwards. Not just by by you know particular people around them, but by society in general. I, I think that that goes with maybe laws, but also too, what's the culture? You know, people who are watching, mm -hmm. if you're part of a company, even a small business, what's the culture around that? Mm -hmm. Are you being supportive of that, or or is it kind of like this? 
this constant, you know, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super pro-life, but I'm, but I'm against the, you know, like, yeah. unfortunately, in the way our country's been split up, it's like, if you're pro-life, then you're against welfare. That's right. kind of, because that's, in a sense, kind of like, a cons- those are both sort of conservative values against yeah. the welfare state, but, but um, also against abortion. So, um, not, not that saying that the welfare state is the solution to everything, but in a sense, yeah. what, what are we maintaining? Are we maintaining that, that yeah, we, we do need to lift one another up, that, that we aren't in some sort of isolationist thing, like, right. good, good luck with your problem. Them, don't have an abortion, but to say like, oh no, you're loved and supported, and we're gonna come alongside you. I think that, that this goes into as well, uh, how much are we uh, advocating and lifting up as Catholic Christians, as as priests with parishioners, um, foster care and adoption as well. Yeah. That th- that should mark us, that that should become a normal thing within the Catholic context and Catholic parishes, that so often I think we don't even consider that. We don't consider, you know, uh, uh, adopting uh, teenagers because, you know, they got lots of problems or, you know, right. all the, the sort of things that go with that. But with, with um, generosity to say, how can we, there's so many kids in foster care, there's so many kids in, in, yeah. in the system, and it's painful. Not This isn't to romanticize any of that. I know so, several great couples um, who are, are doing the difficult work of loving children well, and doing the work that helps those children to be, to be back with their parents eventually, right. which has its own levels of pain. Um, but to say like, okay, if we're gonna say we're pro-life, man, that, that that's what should mark us. And it has historically um, marked Christians you know, through, through the centuries as those ones that would take the orphans, take yeah. in the orphans and raise them as their own. And, uh, and I think that's something that we as Catholic Christians, particularly in the context we're in the United States, that we should be re- redoubling and tripling and quadrupling quadrupling our efforts, and we as parishes be supporting our, our, our right. members who do that. And, and not lean on the state to do it. I mean, yeah, taking yeah. It matters in our own hands because that's where some of the, the problems have happened is, is if, if I, mean, I mean, not to say that we have state employees who don't care for those children because we definitely mm-hmm. do, but and, and not to say that just because they might be in a religious orphanage, they would be taken care of the way that they should be as well. But, but the, in both of those situations, we do more, we have the right people there as much as we can. And, and do yeah do the work of loving them yeah mm. I think it's also uh, from a Catholic from what we can do as Catholics that we can also break and jumping off what you're saying we can break apart the false binary and the false binary being that I have to support this this political party or this political mm-hmm. party yeah and what do they tell me I'm allowed to yeah, be a favorite and, and that's yeah. a false binary because <laughs> there's problems with both platforms mm-hmm. and the life issue does extend to more issues than just abortion. So because to be pro-life is also to be against the death penalty, like, and that's part of what Pope Francis has come out, and people are like, oh, well, Francis, no, I'm like, there's not real, in the modern world, and John Paul II said the same thing about the death penalty. He's like, the death penalty is a life issue, and in the modern world, in modern society, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to justify and legitimize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like recognizing, like, it's life at all its different stages. Now, when I have several hundred or several thousand people in, in, on the death penalty, it is a different issue, obviously, than 66 million children. Yeah. And so like, there, there are qualitative differences between them, but looking at some of these other ones, immigration is also a life issue. Yeah. Like looking at some of these things that are across the board that are Catholic issues, and then we have to stand for life in all of its developments, whether it be mm-hmm. within the womb, whether it be a person who's from a different country, which goes to the scripture, which is that it's the widow, the orphan, and the alien, which yeah. is the illegal immigrant, the, yeah. the person who might be here. Like these are all issues of life and how we treat the orphan, the widow, and the immigrant, the alien, is ways in which God will judge us. Yeah. Because God, clear, when yeah. we say this isn't my brother, like Cain, 
Yeah. Like, no, your brother's blood cries out. And then there's lots of different voices which is crying out to God for justice. And it's like recognizing and widening and remembering to widen the perspective and not to narrow the perspective down to, well, I'm pro-life mm. and I'm anti-abortion. Yeah. To be pro-life is to be open to life and to protect life and to help people where, where, wherever they are. Yeah, all circumstances. And wherever they come from. I would say two other things, two other areas of support. Uh, we have some amazing crisis pregnancy centers that, that, that are working on the front lines really with women in crisis pregnancies. It's not just a matter of just keep your baby, but they're walking with women with, with um, you know, uh, uh, STI tests and, and with, with, uh, with uh, parenting classes, with, with material support for them and for their babies after the baby's born, with ultrasounds, with medical checkups. There's so many uh, uh, great things that are happening there. And oftentimes they are getting no support from any federal funding uh, right. at all. Um, unlike, you know, organizations like Planned Parenthood, which is the number one abortion provider in the, in the world. Um, you know, but, but this recognition as well. So, so them, but also groups like Catholic Charities too, that are doing the work with people that are in poverty and helping them to break yeah. those cycles of poverty. Um, they're helping towards the areas of education too. I think also, again, whether it's Catholic uh, uh, churches or schools or organizations or companies that are run by Catholics or followers of Jesus, we should say like, what am I doing with my with my staff? Am I making yeah. life affordable for them? Um, insurance that is is just that 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 ensures that people. Um, don't feel that you know they're constantly under the gun as far as as far as their medical expenses. There's a lot within that. The Catholic social teaching really is powerful and challenging, and is inviting us to conversion out out in the world. So saying again. We want to get rid of unjust laws, but we also want to make sure that our policies and the things that we're, we're replacing it with are just and, and are, are supporting are, this are decision. Supporting people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. But the other thing too is is healing. Um, the, there are some great ministries, and I just want to say that Rachel's Vineyard um, is is a, a, a great series of, of retreats um, that goes for women and families, women and men too, that, that have experienced abortion or experiencing healing from that. I know several people that that have experienced a lot of healing through that. Uh, but um, uh, Project Rachel Two, which is a hotline that anyone can call, and, and maybe we can put put the, put the information for that at the end of this uh, of, of uh, this or in the show notes. Just that that for women that have had abortions that can seek some counseling there too. Catholic Charities a lot of times uh, throughout the country. Catholic Charities USA, kind of the umbrella corporation, but also Catholic Charities uh, locally. Uh, does, does a lot of work there. Because again, we can't do this alone. And if we're gonna talk about um, abortion, we recognize some people are carrying wounds from that that go back decades. And that, that hope is, is possible, also healing like is offering, possible. Offering counseling services, offering, offering psychological help, offering the ways in which people need to pick up the pieces of their lives. Yeah. And like you said, us as, as Christians, as Catholics, supporting those those yep. opportunities because we can't just be someone else does it. The church does it, or the government right. will do it. Right. Like, no, this we need to be invested in that. Right. Too. We need to be invested in that. If we have gifts for that, we should be sharing those. But if we if we don't have the gift of like you know, if someone out there is saying, "I can't walk with someone like that," how are you supporting in other ways? Absolutely. So we talked a lot about um, a lot of different things today. Obviously, the fears and concerns that people have that lead in the prevalence of abortion in our society, the possibility of, of um, Roe versus Wade being overturned and what that might mean, how we are called to respond. So hopefully this, this spurs some good, good uh, uh uh, thoughtful discussion for you. Thank you guys so much for, for watching, for supporting. Thank you to all those who support us on Patreon as well. We can't do this work without you. Um, but for, uh, for Father Doug and for Father Tom, thank you so much for, for joining us today on Catholic America. We'll see you next time. God bless.